Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, the co-author of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass you could find at theoryofdfs.com. Eric, uh, as, as, as sometimes, uh, says, I got too much work to do. Uh, I can't make the podcast this week, so I uh, got to find a replacement, and I found the perfect replacement from Sproach Grid. Daily Roto, the Take Cast. It's Davis Matic because I wanted to talk about a specific topic that's not DFS related, but I'm going to tie it in to DFS when it comes to finding the edge. And it's this uh, apparent craze. Can I call it a craze of uh, this NBA top shot digital moment, uh, non fungible tokens? Would you would you think Davis that would you be surprised? That uh, someone that is is bearish on on these these NFTs is also someone that that owns zero Bitcoin. Uh, no, I think those things correlate definitely. I would say, I mean, a lot of my friends who own Bitcoin are also like, "You're an idiot. Why do why are you ripping packs? Why do why did you purchase a two thousand dollar Tyler Hero uh, non fungible token? You know, like I but certainly." If you were to say you have to convince one person to buy one of these NFT moments and that person, you can either convince a person who owns some Bitcoin or a person who owns zero Bitcoin, I would say, give me the person who owns some Bitcoin first. Right. Let's let's at least explain for some people that may not know what non-fungible tokens are, which is different from Bitcoin, which would be a fungible token. Bitcoin are fun tokens, yet these digital moments are are technically non-fun. They're not fun uh, it's it's just a matter of like the uniqueness of them. It's it's yeah, a, it's, a, it it's, is, a crypt, it it's a it's a it's crypt, it's cryptology, but Bitcoin is like is like a, a like having a dollar bill. Like it, the, yes, there's a serial yeah. code to it, but like anyone could own one or it's, whatever. It, but these moments uh, are 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 unique. Yeah. So essentially, a non fungible token is a digital item with a blockchain managed ownership. And that's the selling point that you can see, okay, this moment I bought uh, was purchased by person X for Y amount of American dollars or Y amount of Ethereum or whatever. Uh, and not only that, but you can see every other duplicative moment of, of so like, you know, if there's 75 of uh, this non-fungible token, you can see what every other similar or, or same, you know, duplicate non-fungible token you can see who owns it you can see how much they bought it for you can see how much it is sold for or or being listed for sale for okay so the per- the purpose of these tokens i'm 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 debating i'm going to debate this from uh from the non uh old perspective because i could see a lot of people out there going uh these moments are like videos of like someone's dunk that you could like you could watch on youtube like the utility of these is, is zero, but that's what baseball cards are. That's what basketball cards are. That's I mean, like, what about what about artwork that sits in free ports? You know, like there there is no utility outside of the uniqueness and the rareness. Right. So essentially, this is digital manufactured scarcity, and Correct. you get to say that you own this scarce item in the same way that in the physical world. It's very easy to understand because, like, they only made X amount of this card, and that's all that exists, and there's never going to be any more. 
So that's what makes that artwork, that that sports card, supposedly valuable. Obviously, value is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, I mean, value is what someone's willing to pay you for something. Right. But the, the difference is, uh, obviously, in the DFS community, I, I, could, I could look on Twitter, and people are on the NBA Top Shot Marketplace, ripping packs, you know, this, basically this, the same attitude of, of sports cards. It's the same exact type of thing. It's just that I'm I'm extremely cynical. I, I I'm going to argue from the perspective of the rationality of markets and the irrationality of human beings. Like it's the same perspective I have on Bitcoin. I'm not against the technology. I get the blockchain. I get cryptocurrency. I I get that all. I I believe that that is the future. I'm I'm bearish on cryptocurrency being a hundred years from now. There won't be any physical money. It will be all on the blockchain. So how do you how do you how do you rectify that stance with owning no Bitcoin? Oh, I'm going to tell you, because I'm extremely cynical on world governments that a decentralized that make currency. You want to buy Bitcoin more. Being cynical about world governments, you should be you should be in a hole with your hardware wallet and your block and your your uh, your blocks of gold. No, I'm not cynical on their not being that not being government. I'm cynical on the fact that the primary driver of power of a government is in two related items. One, the ability to exclusively print their own currency. And two, the exclu- that you have to pay taxes in that currency. So yeah. I take a look at Bitcoin and go, well, who controls Bitcoin? Well, no one controls Bitcoin. It's like, well, no, no government is not going to give up control of their currency. Like, take a look at Brexit. Take a look at what's going on in the EU, that when countries are giving up their right to print a currency, that, you know... Their economy is tied to other countries' economies, and they may not want to give up that control. So do I think 100 years from now that the U.S. dollar is on the, is on the blockchain, where there's no physical bills anymore? I, 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 would, I, would, I would say yes. Is it going to be Bitcoin? No. Bitcoin is just going to be this collectible item on a blockchain that you can't pay your taxes in. You, there's, there's no utility it's more like artwork. It's more like that type of scarce item, which still could have value. But the actual usefulness of Bitcoin, I just don't believe that the U.S. government, the French government, the Chinese government, they're going to have a decentralized currency that they don't even get to control. That like That's how I'm cynical. And I view it the same way with these NFTs and Top Shot of like, like is Top Shot going to be the thing? Is it, Or is it going to be... Uh, who knows? Who knows what this thing's going to be? But I view the the rationality of if it, this this is how I view it. The same thing I view with people that promote Bitcoin and things like that. If it, if if it was truly a good investment, you wouldn't be telling me about it. Uh, that's not true because there's a very evangelical thing with Bitcoin, where people who become true believers, people who really uh, are sold on the ideology of it. Want it? They want to tell people. Uh, it's 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 the same as anything else that you get really interested or invested in. Like it, that's a very human um, reaction. That's a very it's a very human thing to get excited about something, to care about something, to be passionate about something. And also, you know, there is this element of Bitcoin is in some people's minds a way out of wage slavery. And you definitely want people to know about that, especially if you are kind of a, an anti-government style person. Yeah, but if you own Bitcoin, I mean, it's it's a it's a supply and demand thing. Like essentially, by you evangelizing Bitcoin, 
You're, you're increasing demand for something that is of limited supply. So the fact that you're increasing demand ra raises the price because people want it more. So isn't that benefiting you? Wouldn't you rather, like in this top shot type of stuff, mm -hmm. we have a limited supply now. They could increase the supply. Like the, the difference between Bitcoin and, and top shots is that, you know, we, we saw with the, 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 the upper deck what happened in the late 90s. Like, yeah, I know you, you, you were, you were too young, but I collected no, cards I, then. I know, I know from reading about it, but obviously I didn't live through it. Right. That 89 Griffey card, the upper deck one, that was like, when I was 10 years old, that was the card to have. And in Beckett, it would be $300 or whatever. And no one realized that they were just printing the hell out of the card and people thought it was scarce. And it turns out that it wasn't. They were overprinting so much stuff that now those cards are barely worth anything. Now, Bitcoin, there's there's only a finite amount. So I get that the supply is is going to be limited. But these these NFTs, like they they can make as many as they want. They could be other companies, just like there was Tops and Donruss and Upper Deck and Fleer. And uh if the company, if the licensing makes it that they could they could make as many of these as they want, uh what 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 does it stand that like, as of right now, the supply is low. So if you're telling me that I I should be buying these packs, really, from a rationality standpoint, from a short-term perspective, you're, you're increasing demand, so your supply is valued more. So why should I, why should I trust you? Like, I, I look at it from a, a trust versus non-trust issue of if it was such a good investment, if it was a collective, if you're doing it because it's fun or whatever like that, that's a different story. But why would you tell a real estate guy, oh, dude, you got to buy houses. You got to, like, why would you tell me which ones to buy? Like, wouldn't you be scooping them up? You wouldn't be telling me about it if it was that good. So how do, how do you reconcile the fact that well, if that, it was a good investment, so why would you, why wouldn't you just be silent and scooping them all up? And then once you have a ton of this supply, then you, then maybe then you pump up demand and be like, well, now that I got it all, I want the price to go up. So you're talking about two different things. I think there's a big difference between saying, you know, I think these NBA top shots are pretty cool. I, I believe there is a short term ability to make money here for people who have, you know, DFS skills, who, people who are a little bit smart, people who understand markets a little bit, people who understand, you know, uh, momentum with markets like this. You know, uh, in fact, top shots just sent out an email that like, their traffic is up like 350% and they can't, you know, they're, they have all these scaling problems they didn't anticipate because they didn't know what bales and uh, what Peter were going to do to their website, basically. So there's that, right? Saying, you know, I think there's some short-term ability to make money here, maybe even long-term versus saying you should go buy this specific top shop moment. You should buy this uh, limited edition Boban dunk, there's only 75 of them made. I think that specific one is going to go up, you know, a hundred bucks overnight. Like, I think those are two very different uh, things. Cause I, I'm not going to, I would not tweet like, oh, you should go buy this card. But I would say like, yeah, you guys should check out Top Shots. Cause I think, well, mostly I just think it's cool. Like I, I, I love the idea of NFTs and I like the idea of sports cards, like investing in sports cards and riding that momentum wave. But sports cards just felt like a hassle to me. Like you got to buy the packs, you got to get them graded, you got to ship stuff around. Like I know that Starstock took out some of those steps, but basically I just was like, there's a higher barrier of entry. It's going to require more effort from me. 
Uh, Top Shots doesn't require hardly any effort from me to speculate. Well, I think Bales has said that his motivation is to grow the network, which there there there's value to that. Of that, we have we have old people. I mean, I'm 41, but I mean, I've I've been in technology for my whole life before it was cool. So, like, I get it. But I could see 56 year olds that don't get why why in app purchases people buy you know uh, funny hats for three hundred dollars in some massively multiplayer online game. They go, what's the what's the value of that? It's like no, it's it's a it's a credibility, it's a scarceness thing. And younger people see things more digitally now, right? Digital rights on music and everything, where you don't you don't technically own it, but you kind of do. Uh, it's it's a it's a matter of if you grow the network so more people are comfortable with that, no matter what marketplace opens up with NFTs, that it becomes more adopted. And then your future, you like, it may not be top shots, but it, once people are accustomed to like, it's okay to own a digital moment like, yeah. like this, just like it's okay to own a baseball card that the future markets may be more plentiful uh, in the long term. So I, I see value in that. But it still it still boils down to like I'm just I'm 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 very mistrust. Like everything that I do is based on the lack of trust. While it seems like in 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 this community right now that we're basing a lot of stuff on on trust of well, uh, Bales is smart. Peter Peter Jennings he's smart, and if he's investing in this, maybe I should be investing in this. It. Is the short-term type of thing, from a cynical standpoint, it would be very similar to, like, why I released the theory of DFS. You could say, you could you could make the same argument to me. If there was such an edge in DFS of with this game theory, why would you be telling anyone? And my and my attitude is the same thing with poker, of someone's going to, so, it's going to happen. Someone's going to do it. Someone's yeah. going to do it. Why can't it be me? It doesn't have to be the, David Clancy was not the best poker player. But he wrote Theory of Poker. But it also comes down to I know that 95% of people are still not going to do it well. So does it come down to uh, I want people, I'm going to invest in some of these top shot moments. And because I understand economics more and I could trade better than others, that I want dumb people to open up packs thinking that they're going to get rich. And they just, they they don't have the work ethic or skills to turn, you know, that a, uh, 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 maybe a Tony Sh- a Snell rebound, you know, into a, into a five hundred dollar purchase, and now you're just flooding the market of dumb money. I mean, it still that still comes from a cynical standpoint. Of my motivation is I want as much dumb money here as possible, so you better open up these packs. Yeah, I mean, I actually think that if you were looking to make money at this right now, you probably would open packs because a lot of the stuff looks. Um, very high relative to what it what the packs cost because again they were not anticipating all of this liquidity they were just not anticipating so like uh, you know a bunch of people had issues with like customer service and getting their identity verified and everything just because the site was not set up for all of the traffic that they got as a result of um, Bales's post and and everything um, and I mean, obviously, I'm sure there's dumb money involved in this stuff. There, there's dumb money buying Ethereum too. There's dumb money buying alts and everything. Like, I and I, you know, I don't know about the long term viability of this. Like, um, 
is there like for example what if unbeknownst to us there was another company working with the nfl on licensing nfts for nfl moments and they also in in combination were selling digital frames where your moment could be displayed that business if it launched tomorrow would take off all of the liquidity from nba top shots like these casual dfs investors would all flock to the equivalent of the nfl top shots right nfl more popular uh for the boomers i know that the the digital uh frame the display of the artwork would be something that they would be really into but i i just am i and we've already seen it they're just as clear short-term uh upward trends in this market that's that's really my only opinion is that in the short term whether that be two weeks whether that be a month whether it be six months the many of the items that are listed for sale on NBA Top Shots are going to be worth more American dollars right now than in 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 three months than they are right now. But then, then the question comes back to: If there's a short term edge, why would you be telling people about it? Me specifically, or 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 just or in general, just like a, a rational wise. I can understand the irrational, like you mentioned before, with the ideology of like it may be irrational for people to pump the the cryptocurrency bitcoin whatever it's like no you should be hoarding and and holding uh and not telling anyone and 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 wait for wait for you to have more of the supply but you're just like from an ego perspective you're like no i i i found i find value uh value in being right like some you we, we see a dfs twitter that there yeah. seems seems like a lot of people have much more value of making the right take or right call on a game rather than like winning a DFS contest. That like okay, if if there's some monetary value to you of that, I I value for instance, I value security and safety more than like maximizing my EV. Like that's why I'm proud to be a nit of like yeah, I'm not, I'm never going to be someone that's playing ten thousand dollar head to heads in the DFS lobby. Uh, because I value, like, I, I don't need much to be happy. I make $75,000 a year. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like, to me, I, I'm going to maximize for that. So I can understand the irrationality of lowering your EV in order to evangelize something that you believe in. But do you think it's mostly that? But I, I still come from the mistrust of if someone's telling me it's a good investment and they still have money in their pocket, like, why isn't that, the, why are you telling me to put my money when you already have still more money that you could put into this market. Uh, well, I'm about I'm I have about as much money in as I am comfortable with. Um, like I I invested in one very expensive moment. I listed that moment for four x what I paid for it. Uh, and if it sells, I'm going to be that pretty moment? happy. What moment did you buy? The Tyler Hierro layup over lebron <laughs> where he sneered afterwards you know you know i'm mean, the I mean, fact I that you have to describe these about. things is just it i know i know it just seems weird like as a baseball card is just like okay you have a you have you know upper deck rookie card like it's mm-hmm. it's like well this is like a very spit like in this game he did this thing and and that's what i have uh yeah and and like i could see like the top moments being like, like that, the, you know, the, the Michael Jordan shot. Well, well like we go back in time, like those types, I can I understand those. Moment. So 
I was interested in this idea and I was talking with Michael Leone, my friend, and we both were pretty intrigued and we wanted to find like a good entry point where it was enough money to like, you know, kind of make us sweat a little bit enough to make us interested in, uh, but not necessarily like a, a grind where we'd have to you know, relist and buy and flip and everything. And so we just did a little bit of research and this specific Tyler Hero, a couple things first. So you did, well, only- hold on. You did research? Yeah, I mean, research. I just looked at the site for a while. Um, but you looked so, at that, like, this moment is going to go, like, this this hero dunks near LeBron. Yeah. Like, it, a different Tyler Hero moment. No, I don't want that. I want this specific thing. Well, so even further, there are only 75 of this moment on the blockchain, right? Uh, it is one of the, I think it is, I, I can't remember if it's legendary or rare, There are these two different classifications, but there are only 75 of them. Um, There were other moments of this one available for like 6,000, 8,000, 10,000, I think 15,000 for the jersey number. That's something that seems to command a premium on this website. Hero is the only NBA athlete who has endorsed Top Shots. So every time when you log on NBATopshots.com, you have Tyler Hero looking at you because this he is he is advertising is he sneering for, at you though is he sneering yes so this okay. specific moment we bought is advertised on the front page as like um a specific rare moment that you should try to acquire it's a cool moment there's only 75 of them and we got the lowest price on the market by like 1300 or something like that and after ours was bought one that was more expensive was sold immediately after and then another more expensive one was sold immediately after. There's only three left of this moment we bought left on the market. And so we felt, I mean, we felt pretty good about it. And the the general thesis behind what we bought has played out. And it, it looks like it, it was a smart short-term decision. I don't know if it was. It might just be one of those things that the results end up working out in our favor, but wasn't intelligent to begin with. But it, it is looking like... Um, something that is going to work out for us. But but you're but but you're going in like you keep on saying short term. You're looking you're looking to flip these. These aren't like you're not you're not heading into this market going I'm holding for 3 years. No, I I think that that seems foolhardy um just because of Yeah, I mean this is stuff that I'm sure that you talk about on this show all the time, but we are, you know, we tend to be just as as humans, we tend to be, you know, very uh certain in our ability to predict outcomes we tend to be uh we tend to think that things stay the same far more than they do and and predictions are wrong all the time right like look at any economic prediction year over year and whatever number the economists set for themselves they miss that target by you know 50 percent, and then they do the exact same thing the next year with those forecasts i i maybe nba nfts are are the new gold or whatever and and i am stupid for trying to do a short-term flip, but it's all about, you know, kind of creating goals. And, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to predict the only thing that I feel certain that I own right now, that's going to be worth more in three years than what I paid for it is, is Bitcoin. That's, and that's it. I mean, everything else I own could go to zero. Well, I mean, you're sure of it, but like you said, a lot of people are way too sure of their things, right? You could be wrong. Like I, I, I view like real estate in that way of like, Mm -hmm. that's a physical asset that, that has a utility that if I buy a house and land, like there's there's no way that goes to zero unless obviously the apocalypse happens. But right. like I said, 
you're looking for possibly short-term gains, and I'm looking more towards 20 years. Like, is this going to give me security for 20 years? So, like, everything that I look at, like, even in my DFS play, like, I've talked to a lot of sharp DFS players, and uh, one of them harps on it all the time. I mean, I talked to him once in a blue moon. He's a top, he's a very high-stakes cash player, and... He plays uncomfortable. He even tells me, like, the stress of the past five years, it's like you wouldn't you wouldn't know what, what stress is when you go on a downswing of a half a million dollars playing cash games. Uh, but his attitude was that this market, DFS blew up in 2014, right, with all the advertising and stuff like that, and that the edge is only going to go down. The edge. Yeah is only going to go down. So why not you take the risk and put as much as you can into if you believe you have an edge, which he does, into your play, you should be you should be bullish. You should you should be more you shouldn't be risk averse. You should be as risky as possible. Not as risky, but enough because the edge is higher now than playing DFS now 10 years from now when even the concepts in my course are like like everyone knows. Like, I mean, take a look at poker now. Poker compared to 2003 versus now is like night and day. Yet in 2003 compared to 1979 was also night and day. In 2003, as long as you played good starting hands and you knew like what position was and like you could beat pretty much any low low stakes game and even against whales now. But now in 2020, you have like everyone's talking about solvers and it's like, dude, and if you were good in 2003, you're going to get destroyed now, so it made a lot of sense in 2003 to go, I'm just going whole hog into poker. I'm going to play, you know, ton of my bankroll and try to make as much money as I can in the shortest amount of time. Do you view that this NFT stuff in in that way that you're willing to take on, you're willing to have a good appetite for risk in the short term because if once this becomes a much more efficient market, like, that wouldn't be the time to put in all your money. Yeah, I mean, if you were going to invest, I think the time to invest in some of these rare moments was like a week ago because, you know, we're we're on the... We're seeing a lot of people get onto the website now for the very first time. This is their first big, you know, onboarding period. Um, and, and I guess you kind of view it through the lens of like the Kelly criterion, right? In terms of like, you know, I, I think there's X amount of chance of ruin... And why amount of chance of, uh, you know, total profit, right, of, of making, uh, of raking the dollars over. And I tend to be nitty, uh, you know, a lot like you. So uh, $1,000 seemed about right relative to like other things that I could spend $1,000 on. You know, I could buy gold, I could buy ETFs, I could buy Bitcoin, I could buy Ethereum, uh, I could put more into DFS, I could play more of these uh, postseason FFPC contests, you know, just a lot of different things that $1,000 could be utilized for. And just kind of some back of the napkin math, Kelly, uh, in terms of all of the dollars I have available to me, you know, seemed uh, about right. And so maybe, and maybe that'll be foolish, right? Maybe, maybe I'm, my, my napkin math was wrong and I way underestimated the possibility of this stuff booming, or maybe I way underestimated the chance of this stuff all literally being worthless in a week and everyone forgetting about top shots and no one caring anymore. Right. Cause the key part of the Kelly formula 
is to be able to quantify your edge, which I right. mean, in DFS in and of itself is almost impossible, right? Because no one has that big of a sample size to really like accurately within a some, somewhat a reasonable margin of error to know what their edge is in certain contests at certain times. So, so I think, I think me and you are, are, I think your, your appetite for risk is higher that like a thousand bucks in the grand scheme of things in, 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 for you is a speculative little, I mean, like just, if you could turn a thousand bucks into 3000, I could lose a thousand, I could lose a thousand dollars a day at DFS. You know what I mean? Right. Well, same for me. Right. I, I, I could, I, you know, I, I, I've lost, I've lost 8,000 in a day in DFS. I mean, part of that, part of that also too is having a life role that's separate from your gambling role. Because once, once I have either acquired gambling money or deposited gambling money, that is not real money to me. That is, that is speculation money. That is money that I possess that is used to gain more money. That's not money that I use to buy groceries. That's not money I use to pay rent. That's not money I use to put gas in my car. It's, it's totally and completely separate. Yeah, but, that, but that, a lot of people would listen to that and go, well, that's the money to take as much risk as possible. I mean, most people view it as, yeah, like, but you like that's not discretionary to... money. That would be considered investment money. Well, I mean, investing everything like DFS, stocks, NFTs, crypto, whatever, like it all serves the same purpose. It's money that's meant to be multiplied by some factor. Um, that doesn't involve your labor. It. That doesn't involve. I mean, that I mean, that's yeah, the, like I, I mean, that's so how like, people that's get rich. Actually a great point. I have a job. Right. And I do my job every day and I get paid a wage for my job for sports grid. And that is generally speaking, the money that I use to pay rent groceries, take care of the dogs, whatever. And then I have money separate from that that is used to take care of me when I'm 65, right? And that here that hero the hero uh, sneer, that may be that may be your ticket. Dude, it's a cool moment. Any <laughs> I mean literally, literally anyone listening to this go search for this moment. It's a very it's a very cool moment. Like I I like it. I like Tyler Hero. I I'm in a but yeah, it is some of that money, some of that money that's in the pool of investment dollars is going to go to zero or not, or not zero, but it's going to be lost or it's going to depreciate. And the idea is to be doing a lot of different things, right? To be to be playing DFS, to be playing season long fantasy football, to be doing X, Y and Z, all these different ways that can that can earn more money and to diversify them to spread out the risks like you say, you say that I am less or you know more more risk happy than you which is probably true like you know i'm i i am young i have no, no dependence you know whatever um but i still don't want to go to zero so part of that is diversifying part of that is putting your money in different things and top shots is one of those different things the same way that i diversify my dfs play by playing cash games on three different sites playing head to heads against mu- as many opponents that I could find rather than, you know, $1,000 head to head against one person. Like it's, it's, it's this, it's the same attitude. It's just a matter of uh, what amount of risk are you willing to have in the portions of your portfolio? And for me, my personality is both cynical and very hyper-focused. Like I'm much more likely to, if I could see an, a, a, an edge I'd rather I'd rather exploit and go all in on one or two than be diversified into 10 of them and do them 
like mediocre. Like to me, if I thought there was short-term money in NBA top shots, I would have to think, okay, I'm not playing DFS today because I'm obviously going to be on top shots flipping stuff. I'm going to be learning everything I possibly can to squeak out as much edge as I can. But that, but to me, that's an opportunity cost because it's not, it's flipping cards, just like flipping real estate. Like it, you still have to do actual labor. There's a time imperative saying the reason why DFS is so much better than poker is because like, yeah, it's it's a one-time thing. I don't have to constantly make decisions on like 16 different tables. Like I'm still trading time for money. DFS, you're still trading time for money, but it's less time. And in this type of stuff, if you're if you're looking to hold, you're not trading much time at all for money because you're expecting to get a 5x return at some point in the future. But if you're going to be flipping and stuff, I'm not I'm not greedy. I'm looking for 4x. I'm not I'm not greedy. Oh, 4x isn't greedy? I mean, maybe it is greedy, and maybe maybe we'll look back a month from now and been like, "Damn, we should have listed that for four thousand dollars and just took it when it sold instead of listing for eight. Right, but maybe. you're but you're only in for a thousand. It's the it's it's the same type of speculation as when I play GPP lineups and say, "I'm going I'm going YOLO on this two percent shooting guard," and like ninety eight percent of the time they don't get there, and I'm just waiting for the one like maybe you find the one moment that turns into the Honus Wagner card. Yeah, this is this this is basically like the equivalent of like let's say let's say a I mean a huge chunk of my investment money is in ETFs which are like cash games right I'm gr- I'm grinding out I'm grinding out my my six percent or whatever on ETFs this would be like registering for for tournaments for a week instead of playing cash games or whatever it's kind of the is kind of the right uh, like you're playing the spy it's not even the milli maker or anything you're just play like I'm gonna play the hundred dollar spy and. I'm going to stack the, you know, the, the yeah, Baker gonna, Mayfield so, and so see what great. happens. I'm going to play the spy, but I'm not going to stack the Chiefs. I'm going to stack the Browns. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's pretty much what it is. The 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 the, the only thing to get back to like the, the human, the rationality aspect of it, that I, I said on my stream on Saturday that, for instance, I mean, the, the political markets on election night we're crazy. My my biggest Davis, my in the past five years of playing DFS and being involved in this community, my biggest regret is not liquidating that night. Like that's to me the like, biggest like, edge. No, yeah, the biggest edge I've ever had in any endeavor whatsoever would have been political betting at ten o'clock that night. I the fact that I was I made fifteen thousand. Uh, off of it, but I mean, I wasn't prepared because I don't normally bet on sports, so I don't have money on predicted. I don't have money, on, so I'm going at it's like nine thirty, and I'm going on slides. Like I used to have a Bovada account, and like all these accounts that I used That's to have. How easy it would be to move money around if you had some sort of you know um, <laughs> cryptographic <laughs> currency that could be sold frictionlessly. You wouldn't need permission from a bank, and you know everyone accept it. It'd be weird if. If you had access to, I don't know of anything like that, but wouldn't it have been really handy if you would have had some frictionless way to move money around? I don't, it's just, I'm thinking out loud, but. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. You could, you could, you could, it would have been useful then. But the, but the point that I'm making is that I saw so much edge that, uh, I didn't say anything like the, at that point, like I was getting side action, but I wasn't publicizing it. I was going in DMs to people that I know a lot of them. Trump supporters. Uh, 
and they thought it was, was free. I was too busy hyperventilating. I think I bet I bet three hundred dollars on Biden at uh one not even one of the best numbers. I think it was like plus two hundred or something after some of the the um what state was it at around like midnight that started to I don't I don't exactly one of the northeastern states that started to flip it back because at one point Biden was like plus 500 and then it got down to like plus 200. Yeah, no, plus 500 was a blip. You couldn't, I saw that I couldn't get, I, I got, I got Biden at plus 300 uh, on one bet. And then I got plus 250. And then eventually I, I was getting plus 150. Now the bet I should have made that became super obvious on Wednesday morning that I didn't pull the trigger on and that I'll probably regret for years will be the Biden over 300 electoral. That, that's what I got. That's <laughs> which I know you bet. Yep. <laughs> and it was so, so obvious that it was going to happen. It's correlated. I, I, All these things are correlated. Why do people right. not get this? But I was just, I mean, I was just too nervous, right? Like I'm right. just, I'm fearing more about the downfall of our Republic than trying to uh, turn a profit. Yeah. But that's the, but that's the difference is like when, when like then one, once I got all these bets in that I was able to get, I now now to me this is how I view with the wrap everything up is that I can't let the market know this information. They should know this information. I follow a all I know is that compared to the rest of the DFS community from what I can tell now is that like I've been following presidential elections since I was like 9 years old. Like like the board with Tim Russert and Steve Kornacki, all that's like I was fascinated by that stuff and I and all and most people don't realize that 80% of what I listen to on a daily basis, podcast wise or political podcasts. So like I follow politics and it seems like a lot of the DFS community wasn't and a sports betting community wasn't. So when I'm looking at people freaking out and I'm like, dude, it's the Hispanic pot. Like, like those, those tend to dip towards Republicans. I'm looking at the, the villages. I'm looking at that County. And if he doesn't get at least uh, the old vote, like that's going to go to Arizona too. Like it's the same demographic in Arizona and it's going to be, and if Arizona's, if Maricopa County, the suburbs of Phoenix are coming in low for Trump, like he's dead in like suburbs of Atlanta. He's dead in suburbs of Philadelphia. Like, and these all are correlated. So like these, these markets are going to like Trump minus 400 and I'm sitting there going, what the fuck are people doing? Like, so, but I don't want to let people know this. Cause if I, if I say, if I go on Twitter and go, you people are idiots, like this is whatever, like what, what's the price that I'm going to get for these bets? If I have to make side action, I'm going to get a lower price. No, I have to go to the confident people that think Trump's going to win and go, I'll, I'll bet you a thousand bucks. Give me plus 300 on Biden for a thousand bucks. And they, and they think right now, because I haven't given any information that they're just getting a thousand bucks from me. Like, to them, it's so obvious that Trump is going to win. So, like, until I could exhaust the supply of available side action that I could get, like, it's going to get to an efficient point where I'm trying to get Biden at plus 200 and someone's saying no. And then I'm like, I have a plus 150. And they're like, no, I'm done. I, I don't want any more action. I'm like, well, I don't have any more supply left. So now I'm going to go on Twitter and go, if I know you, and I and you or you get it vouched or whatever. Um, I want Biden plus one fifty. Like then that's the moment where I go. Now now I'm open for business. But I tried to get like it's like IPOing in the stock market. Like all these private investors get so much better prices because they're insiders. And then when it goes to the public market, like that's not the best price that you could get. So I view the evangel like my cynical viewpoint 
the evangelicalizing, the evangelizing, to me comes from a perspective of like in a rational market. If I thought rationally for myself of like, if I was the most selfish person in the world, why would I, like, I would only tell people about this if I've already like gotten as much value as I can. It's very similar to sports betting of like a lot of times sports betting picks, like what, what, what's their worth? If you were that good of a sports better and you're telling me to bet on Texans plus four, it's like, that means you probably bet them Texans plus five, because by the time, by the time you get to tell me, you already sucked all the value out of the market. Um, so again, I think you're talking about two different things because you're talking about something where people can very specifically move the market. Um, and maybe it's, and well, okay, it is true that these specific non-fungible tokens have been, uh, the floor of the price of them has been raised from, you know, everyone in DFS talking about it, from everyone tweeting their links, you know, showing the cards they've bought and everything. But again, you're talking about, you know, uh, sharp sports betting syndicate, why they can make more money from betting the line than they could from selling the pick, right? And, because then then it moves and they get the CLV and everything. Um, so I think that's different. That would be that would be the equivalent of um, in in this market. Uh, let's uh, let's let's just make Eric our example, right? Our our guy Eric for like he's like freaking love Boban, right? Boban Marjanovic, that's my guy. Uh, I'm going all in. I'm gonna buy. There's 250 of this limited edition dunk of his. I'm gonna buy 20 of them, hold them. I'm gonna flip it. I'm gonna sell it. And I'm going to I'm going to talk about it on my podcast. I'm going to tweet out that I did this and that moves a very small, illiquid market. Or in your example, you're talking about like literally people you follow on Twitter, people, you know, people you interact with. You don't want to let them know. Right. This is another key part of the Kelly criterion is if you have inside information, you should act on that inside information, which you did. Right. So a reason you're wanting to go all in or maybe not even inside information, but just not information that is being publicly disseminated. But everything about these Top Shot cards, you can just click on it and you can see. You can see who owns it, how much they bought it for, how much they're being listed for, how many of them there are, yada, yada, so on and so forth. So I, I think that, it, at least to me, we were talking about um, two things that are similar, but they are not the same. Right, because for, for me, with the political markets, like it— this information was not like this. Inf the information was out there just that. So in this community that we're in, they're not the ones following it. I like, I'm looking at my, like everyone's freaking out and I'm looking at my political, my news politics, tweet deck stream, and I'm following all the pollsters and like, they're saying the same. I listen to their podcast. So like, I'm like a week before they're like, you know, this is what's going to happen. It's going to come in. It's going to look like Trump is way ahead. And then they, most of these states aren't going to count their mail-in votes. And then in the COVID times, in, in normal times, the mail-in vote is like less than 5%. So like, then it doesn't matter as much. But now like 77% is coming in through the mail and it's going to be mostly Democratic. So don't freak out. Like every podcast I'm listening to is don't freak out. Like, like Biden's going to be way ahead in the mail-in. But like the information's still out there. It just so happens that in our community, or the people that I follow, like apparently, you know, it's it's one of those things where uh, just because you're smart in one thing doesn't mean you're smart in everything. And I think that's a that's a fallacy. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I bet against bails in the push-ups. That 
Like it was, it was the, it was the same concept of dumbest I, fucking bet, dumbest fucking bet of my life was betting against Bales. In the no, but I think challenge. the lot. No, I think my logic was sound. My logic was based on I did. I wasn't betting on him completing the pushups. I was all I saw. The sentiment of the market was most people were betting on his reputation of making good bets. But here's the thing. The uh, Bale's getting over was favored. You had to lay minus one fifty for him to fail when it was when it was unknowable when the price was unknowable. Right? No, so, no. I, I I got positive money by betting against him. Well, I bet even money, and I still think it was. Oh, you know, even I wouldn't have bet even money. No, that see, I wouldn't have done that. I thought he was a favorite, but I just I w- I wasn't going to do the research into can a human being do this, and what's the most like like I wasn't going to. Sp- All I saw was so many people betting on the fact that Bales doesn't make bad bets. And I'm like, is that a rational view? What's the line Bloody of Bales that? Bales doesn't make bad bets? No, but that's true. But I have to think in my head, from a from a, a, a efficient standpoint, Bales made this bet with what, Peter? With draft cheat? Uh, yeah, that's how it started. Okay, but was it an even money bet? Uh, honestly, now it feels like it was, it was only six months ago, but it feels like it was a decade ago. I, I truly, I truly, uh, do not remember. No, I thought, I thought, I thought it was an even money bet on, on this thing. So if I could get plus 120, I'm getting a better line than Bales is getting. And if Bales makes good bets, like how much off do I think Bales is on his bets that, if you tell me it's plus 110, maybe I don't make it. So where's that? Li- so I'm just viewing it. Where's the line where Bales wouldn't make this bet? Like, if Bales had to lay minus 250 on himself, would he still do the push-up challenge? And my attitude would be he wouldn't. So where's... So I all I have to do is find the line where that is. And if I believe the line is minus 115, and I'm getting and I'm getting plus 120, then it's, if, if that's the efficient line, then I, I think I'm, I'm it's plus EV. Obviously, I, I without even having to, to like, if we're basing it all around Bales betting, then if you get a better line than Bales, then wh- wh- how how could that be wrong? It's wrong because you're betting against Bales. Yeah, I know, I but but I, I'm betting a better line than Bales. You got the you got the closing line value, so you're allowed to bitch about it later. But <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll even if even if I think Bales is taking the worst of it, I'll never book against him on a prop bet ever again. Okay, but I but I I get that, but I just at least want to explain. And you know what? It why. should have been even more obvious after what he did at the gambling Olympics that he would never fail a physical prop challenge. Like his what he did at the gambling Olympics is probably even harder than the push-ups. Right, but at some point there's a probability that he does fail, so I'm going to try to find that line. Yeah, I mean, you better get really good odds. I right. Guess. Well, now now I know that now I know that plus one twenty wasn't good enough. <laughs> like that's 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 all I know. Like. Like you, you know me. I don't care about the outcome as long as I get the uh, I, if I get the right line, if I get positive EV on the line, I don't I don't give a shit whether or not he does it or not. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I just the only thought I've given to that was that I was wrong and that Bales never even sweated it. It was just GG. Yeah, but is that going to be true with these these non fun tokens? Uh. Because because are people are are people more like are, are people now at least in our community more are getting into top shots because of the reputation of well 100%. Bales, Bales is never wrong 
Bales and Bales and Peter never lose. They only they only invest in shit that goes up. You know. So to people, so it's the Warren Buffett type of thing. Like if Buffett invests in it, Bales then... Bales is like Bales is like the the Buffett of DFS and and CSU the same thing. I mean, I look up to those guys. I think both of those guys are so intelligent. Um, and now now if you want to take Kelly stuff into it, you know, forty thousand dollars for those guys. It's it's you know it's not really that big of a loss. They can afford they can afford to put forty thousand dollars into a John Morant uh, NFT and lose it and be like, well, you know, it was worth the speculative investment, but whatever. Right, but but are, is, is this this is very similar to like like steaming, following the steam, but is it is it more with the fact that Bales is is an all in type of person also, like he's the type like he, he's when he gets into something he gets into something, uh, yeah. Is it the type of thing where someone like like him and Peter Jennings, who if they're going to go all in, at least all in mindset, not as they're all in money, but just all in like, I'm, we're going to figure out this market, that it's more of the fact that they're more likely to be successful financially because they'll figure out all the nuances while the, the, the plebs that are like ripping packs and whatever and like, or even you, maybe, maybe you made a bad purchase. Maybe they... They're going to do it better than you. Coming back to the same thing with DFS of, oh, I don't, yeah, mi- I don't whatever, mind giving away my edge because you're probably not going to be able to do it as well as me anyway. Yeah, I mean, whatever whatever signal led them to buy that specific John Morant card, like maybe they just knew this card is going to go for more than we paid for it over the long run or whatever. And maybe maybe my and Leone um, and our, our thing with... Um, this top shot card, like maybe the Sierra card, maybe we lose money on it. Um, cause where there's something we're not seeing, there's always something that you don't know. Right. But are, but are you unknown unknown? Are you, are you scared of the fact that it's controlled by a, a company that could make the market as liquid as they want? I mean, it let, explain to me, I, maybe, maybe from a technology perspective, I don't understand, but like the moment that you have, can they just make like 50 more of them? Can they make a hundred more of them? Um, I, so I believe, so there are different classification types of these cards, right? Commons, legendaries, rares, and I think ultimate is the fourth type. My understanding is that the commons can be print, like, you know, if, if, if 10,000 packs get opened or whatever, there can be a, an infinite number of commons, right? Uh, 5,000, 7,500 and 10,000, they go by increments of 2,500 for the commons, but for the rares uh i think the uh, the limited editions and the the legendaries there are that's the max um and maybe my understanding is wrong um but that is that is my understanding is that there are only like when it says limited edition that means there will only be 75 200 250 however many uh is advertising when you look at the card but that's very similar to the 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 base the the card market where you open up packs and there's tons of commons and your goal your goal with the commons is to make a set. Can you make the entire 1987 Fleer baseball set, which includes, you know, the four rare cards, the rookie cards or whatever, and a whole bunch of commons. So now the set, the commons are only valuable because they're in a set together. But is this type of thing, for instance, I mean, I know how new it is. If you relate it to the card market, can you get packs and just never open them and be like, you know, cause we see in the, in the card and, market, and sell the packs, right. Yeah. Where like, if you, I, I always, I always invested, uh, cause this is what I did when I was like 11, 12 years old 
is that all my friends would like open packs and whatever. Oh, I got the Mets. I got the Yankees, right? I'm in New York and stuff like that. And a lot of times I would, I would just buy the packs and never open them because like the speculative value of getting the Billy Ripken fuckface card and the 88 Fleer made the packs more valuable than yeah, the, the pack actual is more cards. valuable unopened than open. Right. Right. So are, yeah, are, you can do that. Oh, so you could I, actually I believe they I believe they actually just added that functionality to buy packs, not open them and sell them later. OK, so what you're describing essentially is the digital version of the sports card market. Yeah, but it's so the difference is that you can see the location of every card. Right. So you can know how many have been open. You can know how many exist. So it's it's a little different. Right. But yeah, it's 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 sports cards on the blockchain, basically. OK, which I mean, from the beginning of the conversation, as someone that owns no Bitcoin and has no intention of purchasing any of these fucking moments, like I like I'm not I'm not I'm not like a dullard. I, I oh, get well, I get the I get the concept. I'm, I agree with the well, concept. I just don't agree with the investment. Being a nit is risky in and of itself because you are you are very possibly being super exposed to this thing that could could balloon over the next couple months and stay totally inactive. And and I've been in that spot a hundred times with all these low market cap cryptocurrencies that I know about, that I read about. Um, you know, I see people on my crypto Twitter list talking about it and I don't buy because I'm like, I don't really like altcoins, whatever, whatever. And then, you know, hundreds of people make thousands of dollars because they invested a little bit of money like you're in that position where being a nit is gonna can it can be costing you theoretical dollars because you're in on this thing early you know about this thing early before uh hundreds of thousands of other people and for reasons x y and z you're choosing not to invest but you know inaction can be just as risky as action no i i agree with that but it also goes down to what your goals are so like to me my my i'm i'm still maximizing my ability to my goal in my life has always been to never have a real job. Do I need to be a millionaire? No, I don't, I don't, I don't care about having a million dollars. I just care. I just want to be able to live until I'm 90 years old and wake up every day doing something that I actually want to do. So like to me, yes, from an EV perspective, I should, I probably should be investing in some of this. I probably should own some Bitcoin. Some of that. You probably should have bought some of that $7,000 Bitcoin, buddy. I should have, right? But also that $7,000 Bitcoin could go back down to $3,000 two years from now. Well, it depends on your goals. Depends right, well, it depends. On do I, after, do, do I need, to, but the thing is, do I, do I need, do I need it? And maybe some people view that as stupid. I get that, but. If, what, if I stated that my goal is to make as much money as possible and then I didn't invest in this stuff, then I could understand you laughing at me. But if, if I said that I'm 41 years old without kids, with a wife and a dog and a house and everything, and like, can I, can I make $75,000 a year for the rest of my life and just do whatever the hell I want? Like, should I, should I be taking $10,000 and putting it into Top Shots? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's something that people miss, right, is it is a lot about what your goals are, and uh, my my goal is basically to have a lot of money. (laughs) Just uh, just have a lot of money. Your goal is to have a lot of money. I don't want to have a lot of money. I mean, it's nice to have money now to to enjoy things and and you know when the when the world is safe or whatever to be able to travel again and do stuff with my friends and buy a house and and all that stuff. But I'd like to have a lot of money when I'm like 60. That would be that would be You could be dead ideal. by then. You may not live to 60. Buddy, 
advances in modern medicine, we're all going to live to like 150. But the singularity isn't here yet. It ain't coming. Not in our lifetime. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know about that. I, I would, uh, depending on the odds, I would, I would, I would book that. You would book that the singularity is going to happen within our lifetime. Depends on what, how you define our lifetimes. I mean, what about what about digital immortality? Right, the uploading of. Well, your that's what I'm talking about. So, so, you believe that that's what I'm talking about when it comes to the singularity of like I you believe in is. your lifetime that you will not die that by by your 90s you're going to be able to be uploaded and live forever. I think that it is probably like if I had to bet it, I wouldn't bet it at even money. But I think it's like maybe more like plus eight hundred than plus eighty thousand. Uh yeah, I, I'm I I I'd, I'd book that bet. <laughs> so you'd you'd give me you'd give me plus eight thousand that yeah that, I'd give you I'd, I'd easily give you eighty to one yes you give me eighty to one yes against the problem is you're gonna die way before me now right of course to- right we're both gonna die it's, it, it, there's no point in the bet because we'll be dead by the time anyone has to pay it off but but that comes I mean, to my you know, you know that scientists are already like implanting false memories in animals and like and like doing that stuff with animals. Is that part of QAnon? Are you in those forums? No, that's just straight up news. <laughs> okay, that's just, that's just real. I, I, I just, I'm way, I'm just way too cynical. I'm, I'm way too much of a nihilist and way too cynical. No, but, but if you're cynical, then you should believe it more because you better believe that that Jack Dorsey and Elon Musk and and uh, Jeff Bezos are putting every uh, working dollar they have in defining the secrets of digital immortality. Because what's the only thing money can't buy? Time. But that buys you time, and right, and it'll be know. just for, and it'll be and if they figure it out, they won't tell me. So what does it matter? Mm, no, I don't think you put that genie back in the bottle because then you use it to make more money. Not necessarily. I I just I just I, I just it still comes that maybe it, maybe it's a character flaw of mine. I I I just come from a a sentiment of mistrust of like I my fir- my default is I don't trust you until proven otherwise. So that's why I view politics and gamble everything from a scope of what are you trying to gain from me out of this as default until proven otherwise so this singular all this type of stuff it's just like nope bitcoin you know some some, basically all that satoshi if he exists or whoever the hell it is or whatever the the ideology like it's going to be the chinese government's going to just kill him right or the rug that putin's going to do i mean like like there, there's too many are, selfish people in power he, to let other people dead, have it dude. what was that satoshi's already dead okay i don't know i'm just mad I, I, all i know that's the name that's the bitcoin that's, name well that's my theory my theory is that if satoshi was alive we would know who it was by now and so the the overwhelming likelihood would suggest that he is dead because uh, if he is alive, it means that he's sitting on like uh, $9.8 billion worth of Bitcoin that's never been sent anywhere, never been cashed in, never been exchanged. So the overwhelming likelihood is that he's dead. Right. And it's and, and quite likely that it, that some government killed him. I mean, could be the government, could be he got murdered by his business partner, could be he killed himself, could be he had cancer. You know, could be anything. Right, but I, I tend to go with the humans are selfish and someone took him out. Well, if they took him out, they didn't get his money, so... Well, they thought maybe they could get his... Or maybe maybe it's a government that wanted to prevent this from getting even further adopted. Like, I... I, it, I mean, they didn't do a good job at it. No, well, it, 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 it slowed it down. I, I have no idea. Just that 
understand that my perspective the in whole, all of these markets you know, dude, is cynical. What's so funny is what you're saying is literally the thesis statement of Bitcoin, which is that you shouldn't trust anyone ever. Um, and that's the whole reason why Bitcoin exists. But yet you you don't you're not a believer. No, I, I shouldn't trust anyone. ever. Yeah, I get I'm a believer in the technology, Davis. I I am with you. Well, 100%. the only technology, the only technology in cryptocurrency that works without trust is Bitcoin. That's correct. And I agree with it. But I, I believe the U.S. dollar will end up like I don't believe that's un it's unduplicatable because every other type of cryptocurrency has someone in charge, but no one is in charge of Bitcoin. Right. Which means that the, the currency that we're going to pay our taxes in is going to be something that is that the government's well, going to be, be in charge let it be of. US, let it be U.S. dollars that gets inflated by 900 percent while while Bitcoin stays the same. OK, but if I can't pay my taxes in Bitcoin, then what the fuck is the value of it? Well, you can't pay your taxes in stocks either. You can't pay your taxes in gold. You can't pay your taxes in, you know what I mean? You can't pay your taxes on DraftKings. You got to withdraw it, turn it into into bank dollars. Right, and I can do that. And say, the only reason I could turn Bitcoin into bank dollars is because other people value it in bank dollars. Well, there are always, I, I feel pretty certain that uh, there are always going to be someone to buy Bitcoin off of you. Okay, well, we'll see 50 years from now. I don't know. I guess we will. I mean, I'm, I I hope I I hope that we get a huge giant market crash before that happens. Though I I hope that we see six thousand dollar Bitcoin again in my lifetime. Well, because then you're going to start buying more of it up. Yeah, I mean, oh, I buy Bitcoin every week anyway, but my weekly buys will be for a larger amount of satoshis than they are right now. So you buy even when it's high. I just I I can't time the market. I buy yeah. I have weekly buys that just buy whatever the price is. Okay. You're, 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 you're taking on the risk. I don't, I don't think you're stupid though. Like I'm, I, Davis, am I, am I approaching this in a, in a, in a stupid, in a, in a irrationally stupid way or more of a, uh, very cautious nitty, my you're, goals are a little bit different type of way. No, it's being irrational. It's, I'm it's being irrational. You're being, you're being stubborn because you can say <laughs> like X, Y, and Z, it's a good idea. I don't believe, I don't want to have to trust anyone, but then someone offers you a trustless currency and you're saying, why not, not this trustless. I need, I need it to be, I need it to be us sponsored trustless transactions. Right. Okay. But at, I, I guess, I guess that's a good way of putting it. You're right. I'm, I'm being a little bit hypocritical of saying that I want to trust a less trustful economy that I, I think the economy is about lack of trust. Yet the thing that, if, that I don't what, have is the thing that it requires no trust. What if um, the U.S. government and Janet Yellen or whatever, or Biden comes out and they're like, we're buying uh, $100 million worth of Bitcoin to put in the federal? <laughs> you think Yellen's going to do that? Are you kidding me? No, that's never happening. <laughs> the The guy who just got hired to be the head of the SEC uh, has already worked for cryptocurrency companies in no, the That's past. the SEC. Who gives a shit? Janet Yellen ain't doing shit. Uh, well, I'm telling you, this stuff flows upward. I don't think much stuff is going to be done with the Biden administration to begin with. Oh, well, I don't. Th I'm not very optimistic either. But I'm not optimistic on government Wait, in general. I'm certainly, I'm certainly more optimistic on some things getting done after January 5th than I was before January 5th. I think we will get some things done to help some people, but obviously not enough. Do you think Janet Yellen's going to come out and say, okay? Everyone gets to pay their taxes in Tyler Hero NBA Top Shots. Imagine if Biden tweets the NBA Top Shots link. <laughs> imagine it. Imagine, right, imagine it. that. 
right? It's like this is this is this is where the this is where the currency is going, right? There is there there's no affiliate stuff with that, right? I so I think there is like a referral link that you can send, but I don't believe you like. I don't think anything happens. Like I like I don't think you get anything for okay. it. Okay, I just, get... I just I just wanted to make it clear hey. that that I'm I'm not talking about this. Like I, I'm literally disclosing that I'm not buying any of them, and any link to that I'm uh, talking about, I'm not making any money off of. So like that, I didn't know if there was. That's why I was like, is there an a is Here, there we'll like do, you get a we'll dollar do, off we'll, or something? We'll do full disclosure. I own uh, nine moments. I've purchased with my own money three of them, and then I opened two packs. I have the Tyler Hero moment. I have a rare. 239 of 250 Boban Marjanovic dunk that I purchased for $49. And I have a rare 145 of 250 Lugens Dort that I purchased for $149. You purchased something from Dort? Is there, was there a reason that you just, you're all. I, in- yeah, Dort. He's like my favorite player. It's oh. a collect for me. Oh, oh, so so that was just that was a completely egotistical. I just, I just like so. This is another thing. Is like I just like Lugans Dort. This is cool to me to own this to to have this. I like this. Okay, so but so this 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 is what you're hoping the market will be like. It's very similar to when I was ten, and people are like, I'll tr-, they they would give me their Roberto Alomar rookie card, and I would give him a Jack Clark, you know, New York Yankees card because he was on the Yankees, and they didn't realize that the the Alomar card was worth five times more. But they just wanted to have all the Yankees in their set. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Right. So I, I need. So that's what I should be doing. I should be trying to to leverage people's favorite. You know, I should go on Twitter and see, you know, people that that like certain people and just try to get all. You should get on. You should moments. get on Twitter and just be like, "What are people buying? What is in demand?" And then buy that, and then see if it goes up. Yeah, but I why mean, would they tell me if they would buy it? Then they wouldn't tell me. I don't know. I mean, By the time they tell me, it would be it would be buy. the value be gone. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to do quick flips, you know. But like you still, I, just, I mean, like, what do you consider quick? Quick is a like, day. I mean, you're, you're talking day. about selling a yeah. month from now. Yeah, that's that's to me. I that's a like, quick flip. A month is a quick a, flip. A month is a hold. A month is like let's wait. <laughs> what? A month is a hold? No, a month yeah. is not a hold. Come on seems about right to me no a hold is like three or five years is a hold a year at least is a hold i mean maybe i will hold it for a year you're gonna are you ever going to sell the dort one probably not i don't think i don't think it's gonna go up in value though that's why oh it did it already went up it already went up 150 bucks since i bought it (laughs) what's going on maybe i should maybe i should be dumping money in this if that's happening i told buddy i i literally told you that at the start of the show, like is, people are interested in this. Is know? someone going, I mean, like you're getting it. Is someone going on like right now? Just like, I'm going to fire up my computer and holy shit, fucking Lou Dort. I got to buy. I mean, like to me, that seems like who's doing that. No, someone is logging on and saying, I want to buy limited edition ones of these because I think more people are going to onboard onto this site. More people are going to have dollars on this site. More people are going to buy packs and then want to buy limited edition ones. So I'm going to buy these limited edition ones and then flip them. For more, I think okay. So, so this Dort one is a limited edition. It's not just that it's Lou Dort. Well, also Lou Dort. A lot of people on this website are DFS players, right? 
Lou Dort had 42 points the other night, 42 DraftKings points, and was in the the 100K lineup. And so I'm sure that probably played into it. Really? Are people that irrational? I don't. I mean, what do I know? That, but I know, I know that I bought the Lou Dort before that night, and then he had 42, and I checked the price today, and it's up 150 bucks. Okay, maybe it's the type of thing that, like, when I win a GPP, a big field GPP, I buy a jersey. Buy the moment that won you the GPP. That's right. That they see. That, see, I could do that if I could find that. Uh, who knows what that moment is? Because it could be in a rebound in you know some other game or whatever. But I could see instead of having a Wilson Chandler jersey or a or a, a yeah, Alder Robinson jersey, an NFT moment of the play that won you a GPP. Right, the Wilson Chandler rebound at the end of the game on the free throw line that put me over the top. I want that, and, it, and it's probably a com. It's it's probably a common, so I don't even have to bother spending that much money on it. Yeah. Okay, so Davis, you're you're, you're pumping, you're pumping and dumping. Your uh, your NBA top shots at uh, Davis oh, Maddox. Maybe, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just keep it. I'm not pumping and dumping anything. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I've I've literally. I told people exactly what I paid. I told people how much I have it listed for. Like I I'm being a hundred percent transparent. Right. Okay. But I'm, I'm just. I'm just me. I, I I just. I'm not trustful of anyone. It's like it all looks like pump and dump to me. Uh, but uh, but if if you have any any, any questions on. Uh, and if non-fun, I'm calling them non-fun tokens. Is that is, is do people in in that world called because fungible? It just seems like no one knows what that means. Say, I think they just say NFT. Oh, they just say NFT. Yeah, I, uh, I just like the Peter, fun tokens. Peter and I, Peter and I are hopefully doing a podcast with a guy tomorrow who has been grinding these for a while um, and who is much more knowledgeable than myself or Peter. Um, so hopefully we're able to get that recorded and out. Okay, so so you'll 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 be on with him about the guy that's grinding out the fun tokens, right? Yeah, the, the, the fun tokens or the non-fun tokens, whatever you want to call them. So Davis, uh, thanks for filling in for for Eric today. I know this wasn't DFS related, but I still think in the grand scheme of why you would play DFS professionally, this is still yeah. Well, related. it's thinking about it's thinking about scarcity markets kelly criteria and all that stuff like it's used it's applicable to people who play a lot of dfs right so follow davis davis maddock on twitter listen to the take cast uh if you if you I, i've been on two episodes so you could listen to that yeah, all and, about and, and, if peter, and if peter and i don't get an episode recorded tomorrow this is going to be on the take cast so maybe you listen to it on it there okay so maybe you're actually so maybe you're actually listening to the take cast Maybe why should I be promoting the take cast? You actually may be listening to it right now. Maybe. We'll see. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. see. So I'm at BlenderHD on Twitter, and you could always find The Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass at theoryofdfs.com.